All right, everybody, welcome back to the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. I am your host, retired Army Sergeant First Class Eric Castillo, and I'm also a coach at uh, Zimi Wellness Center and Indigenous Sovereignty. Today, another special guest. Took a break last week. I had an Air Force person. Now I got a Marine again. So Marines are on a full charge on my podcast over here, coming on and uh, making their stance, showing their presence. And I got uh, Shane Cunningham. He's a broken jarhead um, nickname. I kind of put that in there in the description for him. And he's Marine vet. Uh, he's done a lot of cool things. I read his little bio, and he's he's pretty neat with what he's doing. And he's also starting the um, Veteran Podcast Awards, which is the first down here, which I've entered in, by the way. Go vote in the Army category of me- mental health and fitness. But um, I'll let him talk about himself because this is, you know, for him to kind of get his information out there, what he's doing, what he did in the Marines and all that other stuff. So Shane, go ahead, take it away and uh, tell everybody about yourself. Cool. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, I never like, I always get a little bit nervous. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps from 2012 to 2017. I was older when I joined, I had a degree and I was coming off of a divorce. I had my starter marriage uh, before the Marine Corps. And uh, so I was coming off of it. I was kind of in the fog of war of divorce. And <laughs> they said, hey, we can send you to OCS in eight months. And I was like, what? That, that's way too long. They're like, well, we can send you to boot camp in three weeks. And I was like, screw it. I'll earn my respect. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like four months later, I hit the fleet. And I was like, shit, I, maybe I should have waited a little bit. <laughs> um, because it was immediately like my, my gunny, my E7, when I got out, he was my age at 30. And uh, it was just the entire time was Corporal Cunningham has a chip on his shoulder. I, was like, I don't have a chip in my shoulder. Like, good grief. So it was uh, <laughs> it was a little bit difficult, but uh, it was fun. Got to do some cool stuff. Um, I was signals intelligence. So and I'm still doing that. So most of what I did is pretty much classified still. So I don't get to like share any super juicy stories. Um, oh, but yeah, I got Secret squirrel, yeah. Got to do some fun stuff. Got to go to some interesting places. Um, and then, yeah, got out in 2017 honorably um, nice. and became a government contractor. So, Oh, cool. Government contractor. Um, can you say what company you work for? Or you can't. Uh, I worked for the NSA oh. as a government contractor. And then oh, I switched over to a government civilian employee there. Um, then I went to the Pentagon. Uh, and then I went elsewhere where I currently am. Uh, but I'm probably going to, well, I am leaving in about three months. I'm going to just quit. I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. So I'm going to focus on broken jarhead full time and, um, yeah, leave the government and military behind me. So oh, that's exciting. age of 34. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I yeah. never knew anyone who worked at like the national security agency. I mean, I knew government contractors and things. I my one of my old P- uh, PLs. Uh, he worked at he works at the FBI special yeah. agent over there, but it's kind of cool. Um, so you did your service from 2012 to 2017. That's actually kind of late in the game too. Um, uh, yeah, not yeah. it's kind of late in the game. So I don't know how it was in the Marines. Um, I, I I'm gonna assume no because I just I even though I was in the Army, I always know that the Marines don't like to change their standards for anybody. At least that's just from what I see. You know. So like for you, actually being this late in the game, was there like a Kind of like how the army went through this whole like 
don't yell and this and everything else. Did the Marines kind of do that too during that time? Because I know you've heard of like pre-Marine from like back in the day, how Marines like full metal jacket type deal. Yeah. And then the when you went in, were are they still kind of like up in your face like in basic training? Because I know in the Army, they're not allowed to do that stuff no more. They actually get in trouble for that. So I didn't know if the Marines are different. Since you're a late person, I would like to hear something yeah, about that. So mine, it kind of was at the beginning-ish of that a little bit where it was still, it was like said, but you're okay yeah say you're gonna take it easy on them and not get up in their face but it was still expected uh once i got out of boot camp probably like a year or two after is when like that kid killed himself and they were shoving people in dryers and all that kind of stuff and really like this <laughs> yeah this, they made some muslim kid uh get into a dryer until he denounced his faith or something holy uh, crap yeah, so I'm not supporting that. Um, yeah, but sometimes no. people need to be shoved in dryers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so mine was kind of right before uh, social justice became a huge fad. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you're for it or, or against it, it, before it really got big is when I was there. So you didn't have people going on Facebook and talking about their boot camp, really. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was a little bit tailored down, but we were still. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was hazing. Yeah, um, still getting your asses yeah. head to you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it was as as bad as it was, you know, like when you're in '01 when you're getting ready to go to war. Um, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't soft. Uh, yeah, which I was. I like about. to. I like to hear because I joined in 2000 in my basic training. Like it was like I was thrown up a flight of steps. I didn't even think that was possible, and then dragged to my bed because I didn't yeah. get up fast enough because I had two duffel bags and an Alice pack. And then kicked in my side and called a bitch because I didn't get up fast enough. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, damn. And that obviously can't happen now because I see them making like TikTok videos at basic training and this. And I'm like, what the, you know, like, what is happening? So now it's like, need to hear from your perspective because now you're 2012 from when I joined in 2000. So it's like, okay, I hear about the Marines and all their craziness and they do. So it's like, now, how is it during that time period, at least when you went? So it's not too bad. At least they tone it down. A little, except for stuffing someone in a dryer, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, like my my drill instructors, three of the four of them got that we were their last platoon. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them got NJP'd. Um, one of them got uh, discharged. One of them was at E seven, got busted down to E six and kicked out. Uh, another one lost rank. Um, so yeah, ours was like they were pretty brutal to us, um, <laughs> but. I thought it was hilarious because, you know, here I am 25 and I went in in May. So it was, I think May. So it was all the kids coming off of high school. They're like 17 or 18. They're in there. The next oldest person I think was 19. And then there was me. And so I kind of knew what they were looking for from the mindset piece. Mm-hmm. And so watching all these little kids squirm for me was hilarious. They left me alone for the most part because they knew I was old and, they didn't need to pay as much attention to me, but I still got my ass handed to me enough. Well, right. So, yeah. It's like with that age, you know, like they'll give you that look to see if you need it, but it, like right. they won't really mess with you. Like, cause you're older. It's like, even when I got, I had a, so I had a soldier come when I was a uh, section chief E6, um, artillery. And he came and he's an old guy. He came, he was like, I think 35, 36, you know? And I did the same thing. I gave him that look and I gave him a couple of tasks to see if I needed to babysit him. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have to. Didn't have to babysit him, didn't have to follow behind him, and then I just left him alone, you know? 
So it's kind of like how I see what happened. He was like, okay, let's let's do this real quick with this guy. And then, oh, no, we can leave him alone. He's good. We'll just kick his ass with the rest if it's a mass punishment. But (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much how it was, yeah. (laughs) Right. And uh, you said you deployed while you were tired of the Marines. Where did you go? Um, I went classified areas. Uh, Oh, shit. Okay. I've been to Indonesia and Africa and Europe. Oh. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Keep it the general. And you were kind of just doing intelligence things, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we would. Um, yeah, I don't. The thing is, like, what I think it's unclassified, but it's like, especially since I'm still in the government, it's like I'm trying to be as objective as possible. But yeah, like my, our job as a whole was um, with radios and signals and intercepting signals uh and that kind of thing. And then, you know, it, some of our guys were on teams uh, and working with um, collections and then sending it back to the um, translators and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Nothing, oh, that's nothing cool. wild. Uh, I didn't I didn't get like any excitement, really, <laughs> I guess, you, if you put it that way. Right. Um, no, it's mostly all just like shitty, shitty situations. Mostly, <laughs> yeah. keep it, keep it super general, because I yeah. don't need freaking black Chevy Tahoe showing up in my house. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. I don't, it know, I don't know anything right now. <laughs> if, if I see them, I'm gonna be like, oh, fucking Shane. You know, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last interview. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Had to take a a, a very brief intermission. <laughs> what is it called is it swatted or whatever the kids would do like they would they would call in a bomb threat or whatever and then the swat team would show up to like the gaming the gamers house or something and like bust in i think it was called swatting yeah i've never heard of that that's crazy yeah they would like uh they would get pissed off at the guy at the other end of call of duty or something and they would like call their local pd find their ip address call their local pd and like call in a bomb threat and then it would like they would go to that person's address and you'd have people like sitting there gaming and all of a sudden SWAT just burst in. <laughs> what? That's so, that's a little yeah, over definitely the top. not a good that's thing. Like, yeah, that's pretty that's, funny. <laughs> take your loss like a take your loss and, and then keep going. Oh my goodness. Pretty much. I just can't imagine crazy. sitting there sitting there in my underwear and then uh, <laughs> you know with waffles and syrup all over my titties and then the SWAT busting in. <laughs> They come in and get down, and you're like, "What?" With a freaking joystick in your hand, like, "What happened?" <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh, geez. So, um, so during that time, it seems like you know, as we do a little run through of your time in the service, looks like you were married, then went through your fog of war, and then went to the Marines for more fog of war. Through yeah, that, yeah. and then, um, what what made you decide to get out? What was the what was the tipping factor for that one? What was like, okay, you know what, I'm done. So I met my wife. She's also uh, is, was, whatever we say, what, you know, uh, what, what is it? Uh, was a Marine, what? always a Marine, whatever oh. it is. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are weird. She was that. also you, you active duty. You're freaking veteran. You're whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So we were both Marines. Uh, and then we had a kid growing up. My dad went to prison uh, and I never saw him. And so it kind of got to one of those situations. Where, well, and then I also got injured uh, and I had three concussions and then I messed up my back pretty bad. Um, so I was kind of just in, in garrison. Uh, I got put into a security shop. And so I guess the culmination of everything was reenlistment was coming up. I've got a kid at home knowing that I wasn't there or my dad wasn't there for me. 
I'm also hurt. It's like, let's just, let's just get out. Like, you know, I'm, I was 30 at the time, almost 31. Um, with all of those, you know, if I reenlist, there's no telling if I'm going to get better and be able to do something or if I'm just going to be stuck sitting here for the next, you know, four years. Um, so because of all those things, I just decided to, to get out and, and do it from the, uh, civilian side. Right. Okay. Well, you know, everyone has their reasons, you know, like for getting out, some choose to make it a career, some have other paths, other things, you know, they want to do. And I never, I personally never held no one to stay in like, Oh, you're not going to do nothing. I would always just make sure I would make the people who were under my charge, make them show me a plan just because they were still in it and they had to do what the fuck I told them to do. So I was like, if you didn't I can't have stop like, you from getting out, but you will show me your plan or I will counsel your ass every yeah, every week. Yeah. I will counsel you until you show me what your plan is. If you didn't have a plan and you just assumed things were going to fall in your lap, you shouldn't get out because those guys always end up coming back. Like you got to yeah. you got to be like in school. Like, hey, my school starts next month. <laughs> you know, something like that. Like otherwise, yeah, you're, you're destined for failure. Oh, yeah, well totally. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, that's why I made them show me what they were doing, whether you had a job lined up or you were going to school or I was like, oh, well, I just don't want to do nothing. No, no, no. That I'm just going to keep counseling you like every week. What is your plan? OK, here's your counseling, you know, just so that way. It's like because I want it's, it's hard, man. Like even me doing as much time as I did, it was I was lucky enough to have a job before I got out of active duty. But like some other people are not as are not as lucky and are looking right. for a job still. And, it, and it's yeah. hard, you know, yeah. like. And, and it's about translating your experience on what you did in the military into a resume, you know? So it's, yeah, it's almost like trade skills, cool. you know, cause you know, I like, I work at Intel, the corporation, the computer company, I didn't have any degrees of what they want at all, like zero. Yeah. And I'm trying to get uh, another Marine that I know that lives down here. I put him in the referral to try to get him hired and it's the same deal. So I'm using that as like, look, I was like, y'all hired me and I didn't have, your computer degrees, your associate's degrees, or any of that mess. He's mm-hmm. the same thing. So what makes him different than me? Yeah. He's a Marine vet, and I'm vouching for him, and I only bring in quality, you know, yep. people who I know will do a good job. So that's yep. that's that's what I try to do to help, you know, at least with that. And for those looking for jobs, just keep going, you know, keep pushing. Um, yeah. And then for you, so, like, how was your transition as we talk about jobs and stuff? Like, your transition part, was it smooth, like, did you get out nice and easy? Was there some bumps in the road? Um, I mean, mine was easy. Uh, not going to lie. Uh, I, I, especially it was easier, especially since I lived on my own for seven years before I joined. So um, I had already had that experience of being out there. Uh, I, I had owned a business before I got, uh, before I got in. So I was used, I had the degree. So I was mm-hmm. used to working with all of that kind of thing. Uh, so there wasn't as much of the, you know, maybe like feelings of failure. Uh, I did. It, it was a little daunting because it's like you, you want to start submitting for jobs like six months before you get out, but people really aren't hiring six months before you get out. Like no. I signed my contract two weeks before I got out and then it was leaving California and coming all the way over here to Maryland. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, it was pretty big. So mentally or emotionally, whatever you want to say, that would be the hardest piece of the transition process. But yeah, transitioning out and getting a job was was pretty easy, but it's because I prepared myself before and while I was in. Um, right. So I did, you know, tuition assistance, got a second degree, um, got my master's degree. Uh, whereas a lot of these guys that were around me were just going home and playing video games. Nothing wrong with that, but you have free money there. Like, like use it. 
um yeah for for me as far as the transition to get a job that was easy right sweet and then so and you've been out for some time so any any um i like to call them second and third order effects like for me mine wasn't the immediate after transition it was after later on that's when my stuff all came crashing so how was it for you yeah so i think i think it would be a little bit like when i got out i had a you know a month after i get out i was i got out as the e4 and i have a e8 mass sergeant working for me um and so it, it was difficult in the sense there of making sure you're professional like you're not a corporal anymore you're not an e4 um nobody's going to do anything for you uh, mm-hmm. attention to the the rules of the military still apply in the civilian world they're not yes, as they harsh you're not necessarily going to get your ass handed to you as easily no one's checking your room and that kind of thing but you don't just go to work and act like an idiot like you still have tact and you still have all of that responsibility it doesn't go away and i've seen right. people get out and get good jobs six-figure jobs and then lose them within a year because they're acting like a moron Um, but I think it's, I think it can be difficult too with guys in your situation where you actually retired because, you know, here's this, here's this dude, this mass sergeant, super cool guy, good at his job, but as a, he ate or I can't remember. He's a senior enlisted leader. So you, you have a senior enlisted leader who back in his prime was doing all this cool shit, right? He had all these certifications, but then when you get up in the ranks, you start overseeing those kind of people. So you're not necessarily hands-on. So he gets out and he's making like 2,300 bucks a month from his retirement, which is BS in Maryland. Um, like my mortgage is 2750 uh, for a townhouse, right? And so he's got that hanging over him. And then because he hasn't touched any of this stuff for years, yeah, he has the experience, but he's starting from the bottom. And I yeah. think a lot of guys uh, expect that they're going to get out and like get into management or something. And that's not the case. Like you should fully expect to get out and start from the bottom again. Yeah, that's that's true. That was one of my things I had to deal with because I managed up to like 250 people at one point, you know, where it's like at that time back then, I expected to get something like that. But uh-huh. what what vets don't understand, and it's a hard pill to swallow, and I'm going to say it anyways. Yeah, you got all the skills, but it's a different dynamic. Yes. You know, like when you go to a civilian job, yes, you can manage the people. But, in the, but when you're in the military, you're just managing people. Now, right. when you when you're a manager in the civilian side, you're managing people, you're managing finances, you're yeah, doing workflow. inventories. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that go on. So it's like, yeah, you can manage the people, but can you do? Can you manage QuickBooks? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the hell QuickBooks is. I've seen it. You know, like yeah. there's like, hey, I can do that job, but then then they say, oh, I have to know QuickBooks, and then all these other acronyms, and I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what any of that stuff is. You know, yeah. so it's like, and that's. And then that that realization sits in because then now you start questioning, damn, am I even really a leader? Do I even really know how to manage yeah. people? Like, you know, you start to think yeah, about it. That starts taking that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because whenever so before I switched over to civilian, I was the contract lead. And so I did all the the uh not necessarily hands-on hiring, but I would do all the interviews and review the um uh the resumes, you know, because contractors that's something too, a lesson and a lesson. Contractors don't know what the hell they're hiring for. So you like bear your heart out to these, con- you know, these headhunters. They don't know anything. Right. And so my job was make sure that the people that they find aren't pieces of shit or actually know what they're doing. And so many times I found 
the resumes of people in your group where it's focused on leading military, leading Marines or leading soldiers, or whatever it may be, and not anything technical. And mm-hmm. for me, the instinct was that's not what I need here. But, you know, I would try to give them a little bit benefit of the doubt and read further um, because, you know, they say, you know, whatever you're, whether you're going to get hired or not, is basically in that first page. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean your resume should be a page long, but you should capture your, your reader. And immediately you can tell the people that are kind of banking off the history of spending 25 years in the military. And that's not what people are hiring for. And then when you look at a younger guy who maybe was in for five years, they don't have that experience. And so they're focused on specifically their certifications, right? They, mm-hmm. they're, they have to be focused on their certifications. And instinctively, if I was a 25-year guy, I would also be saying, hey, I led 200 people. I did this, right? Like these are, these are people that could have been in war telling someone to go that way, knowing that you could potentially be sending them to their death, right? That's a big thing. But if yeah. you don't convey that properly, it's not gonna, you're not going to understand it. Like you're taking this person's life, right? That is the equity that a business holds, right? So this contract that's worth $10 million, why should they give it to you? Why? Because I held something that's literally worthless, excuse me, not worthless, priceless. <laughs> I had priceless artifacts or subjects that I led, right? And so, but if you don't nail that down and put some like quantitative, qualitative data to it, you're just going to sound like an old prick. And right. we wanted to see people ha- who had certs. And so those people that were younger they didn't have all of that experience. And so they were required to show their certs and they're the ones that get the job so much more. It's not because they're young. It's because they looked at the right focal point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you cannot find a way to translate leading 200 uh, soldiers into something that applies to that job that you're applying for, as hard as it is, leave it off your resume. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Becomes better. Yeah. It's hard to hear, yeah. but it's true. It's true. Yeah. And it's like, and I learned this from one of my leaders before I got out. It's, you know, and it's when you write evaluation reports, quantifiable results. I did this, which resulted in this. Exactly. You know, you can say you did stuff all day, but what was Mm -hmm. the result from what you did? And you could, and you take that from your evaluation reports. If you were a non-commissioned officer and you move it to a resume, you just some rewording. Hey, I led uh, 200 people in my unit, which resulted in my unit being selected as the top uh, battery in the in the battalion during fiscal year 19. Now you're saying exactly what you did and when. You know, you're providing that evidence, showing that, hey, you were able to manage this many people and you were chosen as the best or yeah. number two out of 16, something like that. You know, you want to be very specific. It's a numbers thing when it comes exactly. to with the military, it's all numbers. You know, everything's a numbers game. So the more numbers you can to back up your stuff, it's the way it is. And I had to learn that too. So it's like, okay, I did stuff, but I didn't have that second piece. Like it was like, yeah, well, I did this, but then I was looking at the resume. And this was after I was hired. I was looking at my stuff, and I'm like, dang, I didn't really convey. And I had a really, even a writer too help me out, and they didn't really even convey either, like what I did. They said what I did, but they didn't tell me the result. Of right, yeah. what I got from it. Yeah. So I restructured my own stuff and now it's different, which I don't need it. But um, for those listening, that's the piece. And if you hear um, 
Shane here is giving some good points and things for, for about work and stuff. Take notes if you're watching because he's giving out some good pointers, especially when it comes to Java stuff, being a contractor and things like that and resumes. So that's that's uh, good info. I appreciate you putting that stuff out there because people do watch. And, you know, this is definitely a big thing now, especially with pandemic going on jobs. And so this is all good info. So now we're going to we're going to shift it here. You went through a pretty smooth transition, which is good. See, folks, vets, you can have a smooth transition if you prepare, you know, in. It, you, he had all the right stuff in place and made it happen. And there's sometimes, yes, it can be smooth. And then you, you take a little bit of mental stuff later on and that's okay. But you know what? You did everything you can and you put it in play. So that way you can have a smooth transition. As long as you have everything laid out, have your plan and um, kind of like on the army, I don't know what they call in the Marines, but we call it a pace plan. You know, your primary alternate contingent and emergency plan, have those backups when you get out and you'll be good. Um, yep. So now, um, what does another one of the ah, tongue tied meat and potatoes here? Broken Jarhead, how'd you get that name? I always wonder, I always wonder people's nicknames and how they get them. Yeah, so that wasn't actually given to me in the military anymore or anything. Um, when I last year during COVID, when I first started like drawing and stuff, um, and people were kind of clinging on to it and it was getting a little bit bigger, I was like, well, maybe I should just set up a website. Um, uh, and so I was just trying to think of a name and they would always talk about Cunningham being broken. And I was like, broken. Yeah. Jarhead. Oh, that's kind of catchy. Broken Marine. No, that doesn't have a ring. Broken Jarhead. That kind of sounds, yeah, that has a ring to it. I was like, it's gotta be taken. And so I, I, you know, I looked, I looked it up and it, it wasn't okay. So I bought the URL, um, it reserved all the handles, mm -hmm. um, yeah, social media handles, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and it just happened. And then, and then I created a logo. Uh, that was a picture of me. And then I just asked, I, I had somebody do that one for me. I asked the guy to put me in a sling. Um, so yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of happened. Um, just kind of popped into my head one night. <laughs> that's, that's dope. And I looked at your webpage. It's actually pretty cool. Um, cool. Like things that you offer there, like Marine stuff. Um, my wife has, is of Marine background as well. And she's all like, raw Marines and this and whatever. And so uh, I was going to tell her to look at your side. Like, you got to, like, yeah, I'm, I love coins. I have, like, 60 or 70 coins. Yeah. I didn't buy them. I think yeah. I probably bought, like, six in there just because I yeah. thought they looked kind of neat. And that was after I got out. But um, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. some pretty cool coins on there. Like, I think I was actually going to get one, that Till Valhalla one, I think that I saw on there on your website. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one looks. That. Yeah, that it's one looks best. badass. I actually think I'm gonna buy that one and stick it with my coin collection there because that one is freaking cool. But um, yeah, the, the the first coin I bought was uh, General Mattis, uh, and it was like a joke coin, uh, and that's the first coin I ever bought when I got out. And then when I started this business and kind of thinking about coins, I was like, okay, like you can't be, you can't do something too serious because a lot of people aren't going to buy them because there's like that mm -hmm. stigma across. Oh, you can't just buy, you know, buy a challenge coin. And so, you know, try to make them a little bit more meaningful or or something that it that it, I don't know, it's something that you can gift to somebody. Like a lot of people that buy them, they'll buy them for themselves or they'll buy them for someone else. Yeah, um, so yeah, that was kind of the direction that I wanted to go down is just make something that's kind of cool that's why i went to the, with the copper uh it's not your traditional thing uh yeah. so yeah yeah the, the coins I, I like the coins it's super cool to like do your artwork and then and then see it come out into like a mold uh and see and hold that it's it's pretty neat so that's yeah. pretty badass yeah and then um 
Yeah, as I was saying, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, it's a lot of cool stuff on there. Like, even though it's like Marine stuff, I'm not Marine, but like just the idea and the concept of it, I was like, wow, that's pretty badass. Like, you have a lot of cool <laughs> stuff on there. And if people, you need to go check out brokenjarhead.com because it's actually pretty cool stuff on there. Maybe you got a Marine friend, uh, brother, sister, maybe Marine dog, cat that are in the family, you know, whatever. You can get them uh, something from his website. It's actually pretty neat stuff on there. And then now, um, We'll talk about the uh, the podcast awards. What what that, that that's an interesting idea and concept that actually because this is like something big, you know, like especially I, I when you look up awards for like better than podcasts, there's none out there now. Just you pop up when you when you type that in when you type in better podcast awards, you are the number one on the Google and the DuckDuckGo and the Bing and everything else, you know. So like what. Who get how did that idea come up? Was it just you sitting one day and then like the bright idea fairy came flying by and hit you in the head with her wand? Or like how'd that work? Yeah, so that one oh there's my daughter. Hey Google. Oh. Can you go downstairs with Jackson? Yeah. Uh give her a sticker and anyway. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so, so um my buddy and I started our own little podcast. It was just like a fifteen minute, you know, see your pants thing yeah my glasses uh see see your pants thing um it was fun to do uh we stopped doing it because we pretty much just ran out of time the business kind of picked up and Mm -hmm. uh and so we just kind of cut it short but since we're narcissistic assholes we're like well (laughs) obviously we have this you know just crazy cool podcast and one night i was like there's got to be like an awards thing right so i type in podcast awards the iheart uh, awards comes up that's the biggest one with all the like mm-hmm. the you know biggest uh names that kind of thing and then the people's choice uh awards which has been around for like 20 years yeah kids pretty choice. Much, yeah 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 and uh there's some you know overseas and that kind of thing and not that veterans have to have like something for themselves for everything but i knew that like when we create when i created the business i was focused on a mission, right? Bringing awareness and trying to help people with the mental health issues. And so many uh, companies, no offense to them, but they become almost sellouts and they have investors and they can't speak their minds. They can't say the quiet parts out loud. And Mm -hmm. I can. And so many of them say, oh, we want to bring awareness to mental health. And I've worked with a couple um, charities that I researched and found out there don't give it barely any money uh to veterans and so i said i want to do i want to actually do something right everybody says bring awareness but let's bring awareness or encourage growth um and so i knew that a lot of veterans did podcasting to help cope with ptsd or whatever whatever it may be because that's the thing with ptsd is it comes from bottling it up so much and not talking through it and not facing your demons and it's difficult to do that and so i said hey what if what if we did like a veteran podcast awards like so i was i googled that and nothing came up um and then finally i found one but it was geared towards like veterans of podcasting and at that point i've done so much research i was like oh shoot someone already did it uh (laughs) But yeah, I, I didn't find any. I didn't, nobody had done it. I was like, that's super weird. And so at first I went ahead and bought the URL and uh, I had no plans on doing an awards ceremony at the time because I just, I've never done it. And um, at first it was selfish. I was like, oh, I'll just make my own award and I'll win it. Uh, <laughs> it will be an award winning podcast. Uh, but then the more that I, 
have your own, own category for yourself. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It was like, what? You won the podcast awards, and it's just us. Um, <laughs> but then the more that I learned about people using podcasting as their therapeutic reasons, I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be an asshole. Uh, so, so yeah, just went ahead and did it. I, I found people talking about how much it costs and charging registration and all that. And I was like, I think I can do it for cheaper. I think I can make it cooler. Um, cooler awards. That's where you do the Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that thing is cool. Yeah. So I was like, what, you know, what says veteran pod, veteran podcaster. So we got, you know, everybody's stuff that'll be on there. And then what says veteran podcaster, like a bludgeoning device. Right. Yeah. So just kind of cool. Worked with a veteran owned award shop for that. Um, But yeah, so started it up, um, kind of ventured it out there to see what people thought. People took hold of it quite a bit. I was like, okay, so that's cool. And International Podcast Day is on September 31st. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll host it on there. And someone reached out and they're like, hey, you know, the um, the People's Choice is held on that date. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, well, is there a veteran or a military podcast day? No, there's not. So I was like, all right, we're going to do that too. So we mm-hmm. filled out the paperwork, paid the fees, and established the uh, Mil- National Military uh, Podcast Day uh officially with the uh, national archives and that's october 5th uh wow, so we did it in my phone i didn't even yeah, know you, yeah. i saw you put it on there but i'm gonna actually yeah. put it in my phone was it called veterans podcast day national military podcast day national um, military podcast day sweet so we, Got did, it. we did that well, it worked out for two reasons. I was like, okay, we need like a symbolic day. Um, and so October 5th is the day before, like the 6th and 7th is when we staged and, and went into Afghanistan. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, you know, it would be cool to kind of represent the veterans, the post 9-11 veterans um, and hold it on a day that is conveniently just five days away from, uh, or September 30th, excuse me. Uh, conveniently just a couple of days away from the international podcast day and the day before we really entered into the war. So before a day of remembrance, we do a, you know, a day of like celebration and encourage veterans or active duty, whatever you are to keep making these podcasts and, and keep saying the quiet part out loud and, you know, mm-hmm. talking about your feelings and your emotions and all that kind of thing. So yeah, just trying to bring um, something to those guys and girls that are, that are doing this um for a reason and just you know celebrate them and 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 lift them up a little bit yeah that's that's super cool man like i know when i saw it um and we were talking about this before it's like uh people trying to get on i mean and you made the instructions like really clear there was like there's no other way to to make the instructions as clear as you did and uh yeah and and marketing alone like is is that's a whole like i feel like there's a degree for marketing itself like there's like a you know you go to school to learn how to be a marketing person because it's there's a lot you got like algorithms and you got advertisements and then you got i can't remember something with like i think it's called like pipelining or rsi or some crap like that where it's like how your stuff is delivered through the internet like it's a whole thing but um yours definitely pops up now like i do a google search like i looked it up and it's bam it's like right there first one so like that's I like I like what you're doing with it, and it's it's neat to see all those different podcasts. Because when you go on there to the page and you see, I didn't realize there was that many podcasts registered. Like, there's a lot. Like, and 
some categories have more, some have less. Like I know I'm in the health, uh, was I think health and fitness, and there's a lot in there actually. And I like how you do it based off of like what it's registered for, like through some, through another place. Like how you say, hey, I think you had it if you're whatever category you're in on your platforming is what you're going in for. I yeah. think that's that's you, smart you have too. To be- yeah, I figure you have to be registered with Apple for two reasons. One, I didn't want like, you know, some Alex Jones guys just showing up being like crazy. Uh, so it required you to actually register with Apple. And then I knew that some people would see like we have some categories that only have one person in them, which it is what it is. Like I'm not, you know, someone didn't register for that. I'm not going to you know, kick that person out. But I knew yeah. that some person would, which is what I would do, would be like, oh, there's only one person on that one. I'll switch to there. And so uh, it was a way then to say you, whatever category you were registered with Apple for, I'll check it out and make sure that you're where you need to be. So it kind of gives checks and balances. It, it eliminates the possibility for some craziness and it allows me to be, remain objective and not try to like, you know, move anybody around. Uh, so I guess above reproach, if, if you will. So you can't come and say, you know, Shane influenced this or that. And he was like, oh, you can look up their, you know, their URL to Apple. It's the same that they're in, in their category. No. So, yeah. And that's, that's super smart too. Like the way you did that. Cause yeah, I can see people going like, you know, Oh, Hey, can I switch my category to this? And then it's like, wait, there's only one in there. Like, yeah. you know, no, that's, that's super neat. You know, like, cause I, I noticed the same thing when I, when I went and looked at it, cause I was like, I wanted to check it out. Cause I was going to go vote for some other podcast. Like I voted for Juan's podcast on there for the Marines. You know, and I was looking, I was like, I seen a couple people with one in there and I was like, oh, I guess they won here. I'll vote for them. And I just gave them a vote. I was like, well, there you go. Here's my vote winner. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah you just won. Yeah, I had some people that like messaged because I asked for comments at the end to make it better. And they're like, oh, it'd be better if you had more than one person in some categories. Like if you read, uh, I didn't go out and select these people. They registered, so I'm I can't help that only one person registered. You can go start a podcast in that category and come next year, I suppose. <laughs> but you know, don't complain to me about it. Yeah, you got a whole year now to go in that one category podcast area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go start a <laughs> podcast. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for real. But um, I, and the, the the I know a couple people at least I know that I talked to. It's kind of uh, the way the voting is set up. I know that something, I don't know, it's like maybe, a, I wouldn't say a criticism, but I think the way that the, the actual voting section is set up, like having that, like, I think there's like a pop-up banner. I know some of the people I had that were going to go vote for me had a, had a little problem navigating through that, like how to get to the voting and they couldn't find it. Because I think you have it like built in, right? Like a built-in box, maybe, on the website, I think, or so... That that's just one thing yeah. I saw. Yeah, it's like, like a built-in. Bus. That was that was one of the difficult. Oh, yeah, sorry, there was uh, oh, buffering good. or something. Um, yeah, yeah. It, at first, it was diff- We had some difficulties with the desktop versus versus mobile version, uh, because yeah, it is a built-in platform, uh, and so you're basically like entering in this URL from a different website, and it's kind of like a portal. Uh, so we had to modify some of the sizes and the way that we did some stuff. So I think we got it ironed out, but yeah, there are a little bit of of, of issues. Uh, I think we beat them all, but yeah, it'll, that's why I put that um, comment section at the bottom because I wanted people to say what they were having problems with so we could fix it for next year. Yeah, they didn't even, I don't think they put them. They just told me. <laughs> um, I think the consensus oh, okay. of like the seven or eight people 
uh, told me like uh, having its own tab, like, you know, you click the menu and then voting and having a tab by itself with it, like its own page. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I switched it had, to. But... Yeah, I switched it to its own page because initially, yeah, it was like a sub page. You had to go somewhere and hover and it went down. So, yeah, I had to create a whole page for it. Uh, yeah, I listened to some of the comments and that was one of the biggest ones is not being able to exactly find it. Uh, so, yeah, made it its own page. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we got it ironed out. Uh, I haven't yeah. had as many issues or, you know, come to the surface. So it's either ironed out or people aren't vocalizing it to me, at least. But, yeah, yeah th- those are things that we'll look at next year and try to make them, you know, better streamline. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that was just one of the things that was told to me was was that was um, just the, the ease of it and like having its own instead of maybe a built in box, maybe having a its own page like like a polling in its own page instead of it being like in a in like a box within a page maybe its own like layout like if you know if you were to go to certain pages where they say oh and you click down at the bottom like a survey like survey monkey yeah. kind of something See, like that, that so was we, just- we yeah we use survey monkey and so that's something oh. that i think that i'm going to do next year is i'll have the entire page so that you can vote it'll give you the information and stuff uh, but then when you're ready to vote, you click a button and it actually takes you to the survey monkey page itself. That way mm-hmm. it's all formatted appropriately for desktop right. and, and mobile. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's something I'll probably do next year then. Yeah. That was the main consensus for me on that one. Like, well, they told me, so like if they put it in the comments, I have no idea. That's just what they're like, Hey Eric, you should tell the people. And I was like, well, I don't know the people personally, but I could message them. Like, <laughs> so like I'll send them a message. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. We're talking about it here. <laughs> So, um, all right, well, as we wrap up all this stuff here, um, what's, uh, for people listening and things like that, what's, a uh, motivation, something of motivation or inspirational you can tell the veteran community, like if they didn't hear nothing else or they're joining late or they're catching the tail end of this podcast, what's something you can do to kind of help get their mind in the right place or kind of that swift kick in the ass, because you can, what you say can help actually help a veteran get off of their couch and actually go do something. So what, what, what's the little special message you got for the, the vets watching? Uh, I'd say, it's, I'd say it's <laughs> twofold. Um, I was, I'm, I'm working on a, on a blog post right now uh, about this um, is when was the last time you were happy? Like it's a cliche we hear all the time, right? Happiness, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you just stop and say, am I happy and analyze that question, right? Like I, I remember when we were done with the crucible and it was, you know, hellacious and I'm sitting there getting the EG, the globe and anchor put in my hand. Um, you know, it's surrounded by torture, 13 weeks of pain and torture and, and boot camp, the crucible being awake for a few days, you know, just nastiness. But then for a split second or a couple minutes, you feel happy. Right. And, so the easy thing is to say, well, yeah, you just, you just finished the crucible. You just became a Marine, but examine that more. Why surrounded by all this turmoil, am I happy? And you're happy with yourself. You did something yourself. You set out to do something. And I think a lot of the military, the vast majority of us join for that purpose, whether it's a screwed up background or you're running from something that was me you know, running from whatever you're running from or a bad upbringing, whatever it is, you, you did it. Right. And in that moment, I was happy with myself. And we hear that all the time. It's a cliche. You can't be happy with other people if you're not happy with yourself. 
how can you be happy with yourself? And you have to find that. And at the end of the day, it's, and in the morning, it's only you looking back at yourself in the mirror. Are you happy? Are you doing what makes you happy? Or are you doing what everybody expects you to do, right? Whether that's work or whatever it is, be true to yourself and change it if you don't like it. Like I gave up drinking uh, and I got therapy and now thinking of that dopamine boost when I take a drink of alcohol that makes me happy, that seems like a, it would be less happy, a less happy time because of the genuine happiness that I have as a person. I had a fake facade of confidence you know, in the military and now I can wear my bomb Birkenstock sandals and not care what anybody thinks because I'm genuinely happy. And I wish everybody could find that happiness that I have found. And I think it starts with looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, am I happy? That's perfect. That's, that's a good one. That's something that it's often like people, I think with that people kind of like tap dance around that I am happy and they put their own spin on it and try to give uh, a little thing. And I think it turns more into like trying to justify your, yep. you're happy instead of just, you know, what makes you happy? Like, if something's not making you happy, don't justify it, you know, like, oh, well, I'm not happy because, well, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, you can give your reason, but don't let that be the reason you're not happy, you know, yeah. like, and it's and no one's going to be happy 100% of the day, 24-7, 365. No one's like that. You know, you're going to have your days. I have my days, and I'm sure you have your days where yeah. you're just like, fuck everything, fuck people, everything, yeah. you know, yeah. and you just want to be left alone, and that's okay. And you like mm-hmm. how you said you internalize that, you process that, and you pull those happy thoughts in there, happy memories and things, and then you know you do whatever you need to do to put yourself back in that place. So I think that's 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 a good a good way to leave it is with um, are you happy? And if not, why? Yeah. So, Shane, man, I thank you for coming on. Um, Absolutely, Thanks taking the time. Me. You know, I hear your little kids back there. It's cute. You know, like I said, I don't mind them. Uh, being she around. just yelled, Daddy, I pooped. <laughs> All right. See, We're happy over here. <laughs> <laughs> she feels better. Stomach don't hurt no more. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, And I can only imagine how that sounds to people who aren't watching and actually listening, like on uh, <laughs> on Anchor or Google or sudden. Apple or Pandora. Like, they're listening. And all of a sudden, like, oh, Daddy, I pooped my pants. <laughs> so, but um, we'll close it off here. So then that way you can go change the pants. And um, thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, www.veteranpodcastawards.com. You can Google it. It'll pop up. That's this man's work right there. He set up everything, did a great job. Vote for my podcast in the Army, top overall, health and fitness, all of it. Just saying, two days left, two days. days. You guys need to get in there and get your votes. There's also other podcasts on there you can check out, too. You can check out um, a good buddy of mine, Juan Garcia, the Stone Vet. He's he's a pretty good podcast, too. Talks about all types of stuff, and they're doing big things in the marijuana specter. I see the post that he does. Check out his Facebook page. They're, they're making some pretty big advances and leaps with that push on the whole marijuana front, so you can check those out as well. Um, so thanks for tuning in, everyone. Shane, thanks for coming on, and I will see everybody next week on the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. I'm out.